right, welcome back. The Oilers will have a skate today at 11 o'clock ahead of their game Thursday against uh, Dallas at Rogers Place. Stars with a win over Columbus last night to improve to 5-1-1. One, and one. The Oilers 2-5-1 and one after their victory over Calgary at the Heritage Classic. Uh, time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day as we welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, Speck. Morning, Kev. What's going on, man? Oh, everything, my man. Did you watch the ball game last night or what were you doing up uh, last night? A uh, little hockey, a little football, a little baseball. Oh. I kind of had the monitors going. Uh, it's getting hot in the office last night, man. Too many devices uh, charged <laughs> up. <laughs> so is that like, okay, What? let us know what the setup's like. Like, what do you got? You got, you got a couple monitors. What do you got? Yeah, I've got, uh, it's not like too high tech. I've got a TV uh, on the wall Mm -hmm. in front of my computer and I've got a separate monitor that's a good size. I don't know what it is. Is it 22 inches or something? Hmm. So I can slip, uh, I can call up the baseball game on my computer, move it over to the monitor. I can watch a hockey game on my computer as well. And then up on the TV, I can have whatever's on TV. So I had the football game up there last night. So now you, you just volume around to uh, <laughs> listen to whichever game you feel like. Yeah, well, that's to. the best part because yeah, you can move around and things like that. So you would you, I I would say then you were more in tune to the football game, the NFL game last night than no, not really. Okay. No, I was actually more in tune to the baseball game. Okay. Uh, and you know, Texas just stayed ahead, stayed ahead, stayed ahead. They got a couple injuries going on there. I mean, uh, I saw Scherzer get mm-hmm. nailed and have to leave the game. That can't be great. So, and uh, Garcia, Garcia yeah. looked like Connor McDavid. He grabbed the exact same spot after that one swing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, boy, they need this guy. So, uh, you know what? That's a, the long series, and sometimes injuries come in the door and uh, change the betting odds a little bit, don't they? Well, they have to, especially with a guy like Adolis Garcia. I mean, what he's done is a, is a playoff for the ages. But So now, oh I mean, there's not a chance if I'm uh, – if I'm Arizona, I'm giving Corey Seager anything to hit moving forward because Garcia was the guy that protected, uh, yeah. you know, Seager, gave him some pitches to hit, and, man, he ripped that one last night, the hardest hit ball in uh, since they started doing stats casts and stuff like that. So I'm not Is pitching. That right? I, yeah. What was the exit velocity? I missed 114, that. 114, I think. Whew. Yeah, I mean, it was out in a hurry on a line and – um, it was the same as the other night, like when he hit the in in game number one when he hit the two run shot to tide both on first pitches, right? So uh, I think he's he's swinging the bat as well as anyone on the roster right now. But when you don't have uh, Garcia batting behind him, no reason to give him anything anything good to hit. Uh, they have to make a decision now, Texas, between either Grossman or uh, Jankowski. Grossman's a switch hitter. Uh, but that would be another left-handed bat in the lineup if they brought in uh, Jankowski. So lots of moving parts, and, um, yep. you know, it's it was a good atmosphere, I thought, in Arizona again last night. But Texas, I mean, I don't 9-0 and on the road. I mean, some teams, sometimes it's just, it is what it is, right? You know, you, you play better on the road than you do at home. I don't know why. Uh, I, I mean, baseball, you know, I don't know what the numbers are. I haven't done the study myself, but... Uh, it's my understanding and opinion. Baseball is sort of the least of the home ice advantages, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, baseball is just a, for whatever reason, you know, there's, 
I don't uh, listen. I don't exactly know why, but for sure, baseball. Uh, I don't worry about my team if they're on their own at home. It's not hockey. Somehow, there's a home ice advantage with the crowds a little more. Certainly, last change is probably more impactful than last at bat. Mm-hmm. I think, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but this is one of those years. You know, the best teams in baseball all bowed out real early. This is like 2006 in hockey when when the Oilers went after the first round, the first, second, third, and fourth seed in the West were done. It was five, six, seven, and eight were left. So it's just one of those years in baseball. The best Baltimore, you know, best team in the AL, Atlanta, Dodgers, Tampa, all the good teams, they went out early. And it's a wide open track and you know, Texas is just trying to make that magic <laughs> hang on till the finish line here. Uh, if they get a couple injuries, they might have a hard time. But uh, so far, so good. You Texas know, was in a worse spot than the Blue Jays were in, and they've gone a whole lot farther. Well, they had to do a bunch of travel. You know, they looked like they could get a bye, you know, when they were in Seattle to end the year. And then they end up having to travel all over the map. But the one thing that baseball is not doing here with the addition of uh, the wild card. Uh, best of three is they're not giving any help to the teams that slug it out and win the division. The teams that win that, that do that go all out because you know, the teams that they're giving some rest off the hop to those teams, like to set the rotations moving forward for either, you know, but by, by having a day off after the, uh, the play in best of three or the division series. So they're not doing a lot to, to help out those teams that really went out hard uh, to win no, a division. I, you know yeah. what I mean, the biggest you know. advantage is they get the, the first series, the best of threes, played entirely in one stadium. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. if if home field advantage isn't that big a deal in baseball, then how big an advantage is that really? Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking uh, at it more like setting up your staff. Like even So if you win, like say you're Minnesota and you you know you beat the Blue Jays, well, now you have the, the option because you're getting another day off before a lot of guys are saying they should just condense the games and have it a little, a little like not have a day off in between just to make it, uh, you know, just to give a little, a little uh, help, little favor to those teams that win the division. So uh, that's a long drawn out argument again. So yes, it is. It yes, is. It is. Uh, Oilers back on the ice today after a day off yesterday. So uh, getting ready for Dallas. I'm assuming that we would uh, see Stuart Skinner again on Thursday against the stars. Yeah, I think it's probably time to uh, reward Skinner. He's had a couple of pretty good starts, right? He he had the start in um, against Winnipeg, mm-hmm. was it? Yeah. Where he allowed, uh, where he coughed up that, uh, he chased that pocket and went in, but he only allowed one sort of real goal during regulation, and then he gave one away. I thought he played pretty well in that game. Came out in the Classic or the Heritage Classic, played great. So, uh, you know, you're, it's probably his turn to get two in a row. Uh, this team's looking to get on a roll here. That's it's, you know, the Heritage Classic was great, yeah, and it's a big boost. And we've we've analyzed it to death, but it was only two points in the standings for a team that eight games in has five points. So they got to put some, uh, they got to put a string together here. Can't get back into this thing. I think maybe you're thinking of the Ranger game as well, probably. Could be. Yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah. did play in the Rangers yeah. game, and I don't know. 
the Oilers got so outplayed in that game that mm-hmm. no goaltender had a prayer. He didn't have a chance on any of the goals, that's for sure. Yeah. The fact that it was only 3 nothing probably spoke well for Stu Skinner. Mm-hmm. So then again, it's a little bit of a balancing act. And, you know, the the way that the schedule's set up, it's weird that the Oilers, you know, they, the, the back-to-backs, a lot of teams have had a lot of back-to-backs already. The Oilers haven't been in that position uh, so far. I mean, they I don't even know if they have a back-to-back in the month of November. So um, it's a situation where maybe if a goalie does get hot, then you got to run with them. Yeah. Listen, whatever it takes here. Uh, I think we've, we've passed through the part of the season where we say, okay, we want to get these guys. What's the term they use up and running. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're past that now. I think we're, you know, we're in November here. It's time to do whoever, you know, if, if it wasn't a meritocracy before it sure as heck is now. Uh, and, you know, to, to say that, Jack Campbell's had his moments, mm-hmm. right? I'm not throwing Jack Campbell in the in the trash. He's had his moments. He's played okay. It's been very difficult to judge the Oilers' goaltending because of the team in front of them. You know, I want to see guys – I want to see a team that plays well and then a goalie where you can say, you know, don't let in more than two mm-hmm. because your team's playing well in front of you. And that goalie, if he can keep the other team to two – that's enough to win every night. Uh, I think that's how we're going to start judging this thing. But you got to have a team that's playing a proper defensive game here before we're going to start to critique goalies. And, you know, let's hope the Oilers give us that opportunity. Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet on the mark for Booster Juice is our guest uh, every day at 8 o'clock on Sports uh, 1440. Spec, where are you at with the bottom six uh, scenario? Holloway, McLeod. Brown, uh, Janmark, I think you posted a little picture of Janmark in almost a sling the uh, day before. In a sling. Yeah. Where in are you sling. at with yeah, where are you at with these guys as far as their production goes? Well, you know, the production uh, I mean it's, there's been zero production, let's face <laughs> it. They just got their first bottom six goal the other day. So uh, you know, it's it starts with I mean it it starts with a, the bottom six is always a little bit um dependent on a properly running team like you know the the top six has to be effective and it's got to wear down some defenses the top six has to do what it's supposed to do which is take on the top defensive pairings so when the third line gets out it's on the third defensive pairing right that's kind of how it usually works so there's not a lot of time in a season when if the top six isn't getting it done the bottom six is but you know, again, we're into the we're into November here, and it's time for Ryan. For instance, your third line. You know, I I'll, I'm on record. I love the third line of McLeod between Holloway and Fogel. I think that's got a ton of uh, opportunity to do what you want a third line to do. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you know, now the only guys left down there are Holloway and uh, McLeod. I think Brown will probably be on that line. They got to get it done. Yeah, you know they got to get it done. They they've had some chances. They skate fast. They hit a lot of guys. They're not getting anything done, and it's time for McLeod. You know, let's go. It's time for Holloway. I know he's a young kid. Let's go. He walked in on net the other day and missed the net in a breakaway. So, you know what? At some point, we got to stop coddling these these younger players. Mm-hmm. If you're in the NHL, it's time to produce a little bit here. Well, I you mean, know, yeah. I'm not, looking at, yeah. I'm not looking at Ryan and Ernie because they get seven minutes a night. You know, sorry, mm-hmm. those guys are just trying to be even players and not let goals against in. How much you're going to produce with seven minutes a night? But the third line, Kev, they got to get moving here. Um, yeah, I mean, 
the playbook, Vic. That's what we're talking about. These guys can adjust to the playbook. That's a joke to you, Vic. Sorry. Uh, we were just talking about that a little earlier, spec and yeah. <laughs> with the NFL and trades and 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 things like that. So, do you see spec? Is do you see any movement uh, between up and down? Maybe from Bakersfield in the next. Uh, well, let's just call it the next week, less than a week, or are we waiting a little longer to see how things pan out here with some of these guys? Yeah, I think. I think you're still waiting. I hear the cries for mm-hmm. Lavoie to come up, and uh, there's no, in my opinion, you know what, he's doing just fine down there. You send guys to the AHL so they can have success and build their confidence. And and I adhere to the theory where I want to call Lavoie up once and have him stay the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. I don't want him going back and forth and back and forth. So. I'm not in a hurry to call Lavoie up, and I know I'm in the minority. Everyone wants the shiny new toy to be up and playing, and oh, my God, how do they keep him down there? If he comes up here and has to play on the third or fourth line in a way tougher league, I'm not sure he's going to have the success he's enjoying down there. So, you know what? Let's give this chance. This team's starting to percolate here. I'd leave it alone. I love Brown's game in the Heritage Classic. I thought that's by far the best game he's played this year. So let's give him a chance to maybe build on that. And I don't need to tinker with this lineup. Do you? I, I'm I'm staying put for a week. I want to see how I want to see how the team plays against Dallas. And then, you know, I mean they had good success. They've had good success against Nashville. There's an opportunity here to kind of string something together, something they've been missing. And you know, we were talking about it off the top spec. Vegas won again last night. In ten games, that's the most points in NHL history from a defending Stanley Cup champion. They're 14 points ahead of the Oilers right now. Yeah, I'd say that, you know what, you can't make the playoffs in the first month of the season, but apparently you can lose your chance to win your division. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not sure you're making up 14 points on the Vegas Golden Knights the rest of the season, pal. Mm -hmm. So, um, hey, you know what? So you got to now second place is the goal. I'm not so worried about all that stuff at this point. I don't think it's that big a deal. Uh, but they've got, you know, I think they're five points back of Vancouver for Pete's sake. So yeah. Yeah. the team's just got to get her goal and yeah. start winning some games. Look at their schedule, oh. right? You, you get Dallas on the second end of a back-to-back. Then you get Nashville, a team you think you should be able to beat. Then you go on the road, you play Vancouver. It's about time you beat Vancouver. Then you go to San Jose, everybody beats San Jose. Then you come to Seattle, and you know what? Seattle isn't Vegas. They're an okay team, but Mm -hmm. why can't you beat them? So in their next five games, it's not unreasonable to say to the Oilers, you're going to, you know, it'd be sure good if you could pull eight points out of that and start to get back into this thing. And then even, you know, they got Seattle again at home four days later, uh, in between that, the Islanders. So, I mean... The, 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 it's Let's just staring go. at him. It's just staring at him, ready to go. You betcha. Uh, well, uh, we'll see. I'm not at the rink today, Spec. i got to take my truck in, but I will see you down there tomorrow. How's that sound, buddy? All right, sounds good, Kev. All right, that's Mark Spector. On the mark, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice when we come back. Our headliner of the day, Frank Saravalli, the daily face-offer, Mr. Rooter, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter Plumbing. At Mr. Rooter, they only employ the finest organic grain-fed free-range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca as we welcome in uh, Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff. Morning, Frank. 
Kevin, where's your costume? Come on, it's Halloween. Let's hey, go. I know. Well, I'm wearing it. Hey, eh? isn't that what they always say? You know, take your mask off. You know, that's what well, they then, say. For me, uh, dressing up every day as Sheldon Keith. We got the same hair. <laughs> yeah, you guys do have that. That's a thick. Uh, like that's a lot of product in there. Is there is there a lot of product in there, Frank? Yeah, there's there's some. It's not a. It's really not an overwhelming amount. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I gotta so, control these grays somehow. Well, yeah, we're both in the same boat there for sure. So, uh, is it true that Explore Edmonton's got you on the payroll now to? promote our fine city i mean they should after uh especially so as you know we brought the whole family out my kids didn't want to leave really like like poster children for explore edmonton that's amazing it was we had an unbelievable weekend starting with the game on thursday night uh lots to do all weekend fan fest my kids went they went twice they wanted to do the hardest shot the the accuracy all that stuff going on. Saturday was cold too. Like mm-hmm. standing out there for a couple hours, uh, that wind was whipping downtown. So uh, we had an absolute blast and capped it off with the Heritage Classic, which was good. So, what did uh, you and what did the kids think of the outdoor game, the Heritage Classic? Loved it. Um, look, I've been to, I got my credentials over here on the wall somewhere. <laughs> I've probably been to 13 outdoor games. And this is right up there at the top. And I'm not pandering to the market when I say this. Edmonton put on a show. Uh, it's so great to be in a market in a place where a game like that means everything. It's not just a sideshow or a spectacle like it might be in Dallas or somewhere else. This is an event that people had been looking forward to and talking about for a while. And look, uh, Commonwealth Stadium, as you know, not perfect. <laughs> I was one of those people that was caught up in in those log jams trying to get from one side of the stadium to the other. I was actually stuck in it on three (laughs) separate occasions trying to get around. It was not fun. Mm -hmm. But everything else about the event was so perfect. The weather, it was like ideal ODR rink temperature. Um, The the sun, you know, even the time of day when Mm -hmm. the game was played and as it was setting was perfect. It kept you a little bit warmer longer, which was necessary. Everyone all bundled up. And um, the two teams, they had a lot to play for. There was certainly a lot of desperation on Sunday to get those two points. Yeah, I can't agree with you more, Frank. You know, I don't know where you were sitting. I was seven rows up just right in front of Nickelback, to be honest with you. Had really, oh, nice. really good seats for the for the concert. At that level, we couldn't really see. Uh, you couldn't see the puck on the ice just because of the vantage point. But I'm not sure where you were sitting. To I was in the second row of the upper level okay. on your side of the field and kind of a little bit more toward the corner. But still... Uh, I think in the secret to these outdoor games is the the further up you are, the better the seat. Mm-hmm. That most people are are used to in the NHL. Closer you are, the better. The fir- like you don't want to be in the last row of the upper deck, but if you ever get another opportunity, <laughs> being in that first or second half, the first half of that upper level is it's pretty good. You know, and when I just the, the again the the vantage point, the sight lines to watch the game weren't great. But the thing that I'll remember most, Frank, and I always say, I said this yesterday. So when you're at a game like that and you're using your senses 
and sometimes the vision isn't the number one thing there. I'll I'll remember the sounds and how it, the echo of the the ice and the, the the skates cutting in the ice and just how it kind of echoed in the stadium. Could you kind of feel that where you were sitting up there too? Yeah. So they actually piped that yep. in with the the speakers that they had. Mm-hmm. They had microphones really close to the ice, and you you were able to hear all of the normal sounds that you would in a rink, which makes it pretty awesome Mm -hmm. uh for me it's the views kind of the vista the vibe uh everyone is excited everyone's happy to be outside and you know even the flames fans that were in our section everyone was still pretty good about it um no one was really getting a a hard time and um for me it'll be just a memory with my son Mm this is his first game and um he loved every second of it. He didn't even put gloves on until the third period. I'm like this kid from Philly. I'm thinking the whole time I'm like a nervous wreck thinking he's going to be freezing cold and complaining and no issues whatsoever. Well, that's the most important part that, cause that's a memory that you'll have with your son, you know, forever. Um, where do you see, um, you know, we kind of beat the orders to death here with spec and things like that, but where do you see the Calgary flames now moving forward? I mean, uh, you, you know, you got a chance to look at them up close here for, you know, it was an outdoor game, but man, there's a lot of holes and a lot of problems on that roster. Yeah. And, and the biggest thing for me is not necessarily roster construction wise. I don't think the Oilers when Connor McDavid is off the ice are a very fast team. Okay. And I try not to make too many, you know, judgments or calls on a team, especially sitting in the second level <laughs> at an outdoor game which is a different environment than anything else. And you're definitely further away from the rink. But when the Oilers are beating the Flames to pucks by three strides, it's a team to me that stands out that's slow, definitely on the slower end of the NHL, and also a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're just they're not they're not where you'd want to be if you were a team that was a non playoff team from last year and I think they've got a lot of questions to to answer. It's not just because of the Heritage Classic. That was sort of the exclamation point on what's been a really tough start to the year. And for a team that had so many questions about, hey, are we going to bring this guy back or that guy back as pending free agents, I think both the players that are in that spot, if their number one goal is to be competitive and have a chance to win and management and Craig Conroy and and Don Maloney, they need to take a step back here and say, maybe this isn't the best call for us to bring all of these guys back mm-hmm. for a team that I think listening to some of their players this year clearly needs a bit of a shakeup. So, Frank, do you think they dust off all these guys like Lindholm, Hannafin, and Zadorov? I think as we get to the 20-game mark, the 30-game mark this season, you're going to have a real good sense of where this team is at. Can they pull out of where they are? And if not, I think they have to be in a spot where they're considering making moves like that. Mm-hmm. The Flames have never had a top three pick before. It's going to be hard for them to get there and bottom out, but they need to get moving in that direction where they can sort of redo and remake this team on the fly. Uh, yesterday, I don't know, I, I think I was probably like everyone else, uh, including yourself, Frank, had a hard time talking about Adam Johnson. It just, um, I think it's just normal. But um, can you just sort of speak to the um, the equipment angle 
of it moving forward. I know you and I think you and Jason Greger were talking about what happens in the United States compared uh, mm-hmm. to Canada. Can you just kind of kind of touch on that? So if you want to hear something truly chilling, um, it, this is every hockey parent's worst nightmare. And for whatever reason, it's a recurring one for me. Saturday morning, I was scrolling um, through social media and TJ Oshie from the Washington Capitals, he has an apparel company. It's called War Road. It's named Mm -hmm. after his hometown in Minnesota, War Road, also home of the Christian Brothers. And his apparel company made uh, skate cut proof uh, undershirts, undergarments that have protection in both the wrists and the neck. It's the first one out there that has both. My son has been wearing a shirt that has the neck part um, for the last couple years. It's just, it's all he's really ever known, but they're not mandated by USA Hockey. And so Saturday morning, I was scrolling through. I saw this from TJ Oshie and I bought it. Hmm. Adam Johnson dies that night. Like I had an absolute pit in my stomach at the dinner table seeing that news Mm -hmm. and it's it's awful uh there's no way around it just truly horrific and if you haven't seen it please don't Don't. go look it up you don't need it um but i think there's a way to prevent this and i just wish more players were open to wearing it you know people have been surprised that for minor hockey players in the u.s it's not mandated to wear it but I can't even say that that makes a difference because it in Canada it is mandated and yet you mm-hmm. don't see any pros wearing neck protection for the most part. So it's it's a real tough one to try and digest. Frank Cervalli with us, Daily Faceoff, Sports 1440. Um, and I touched on it yesterday. It's a personal preference when you get to the NHL level. Um, you know, we But see- I think that's BS. Okay, but it's true. It is true, and here's the thing. If you've listened to me at any point over the last number of years, I am a huge proponent of freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. The NHL has been trying to mandate these materials to be worn by players for a, f- a couple years now. And the fact that they haven't is because the NHLPA has pushed back and said, hey, players want the right to pick whatever they want to wear, and that's great. But almost everyone, there's only a couple players that I know of in the NHL that don't wear any garments under their gear. Mm-hmm. But almost everyone wears something. There has to be some way that you can incorporate this kind of protection into your game that isn't intrusive. I know, I know there is. Does does TJ Oshie protect players from themselves? Does TJ Oshie wear his product? He does. Okay. And there's a handful of NHL players that also wear his product. So why uh, would it, I don't understand why you, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, Frank, I see it all, but I I get where the players are coming from too. I don't know. Don't tell me this is rare though. We just had Jacob Lauko get kicked in the face the other day. It's the skate just missed his eye and he's got stitches and a black eye to prove it. Skates are flying everywhere. Yes. It hasn't, Really, it hasn't ever at the NHL level resulted in death. But pretty darn I'm close. telling you, the longer we keep going without stuff like this being mandated, the closer you are to seeing it happen, not in England, but on our own mm-hmm. NHL ice. Um, what are you looking at this week, Frank, as far as uh, story angles as the week progresses uh, with the NHL schedule out east? Uh, what's uh, what's going to catch your eye? Well, certainly as the 
Calendar turns to November here after I get done raiding my kids' Halloween <laughs> bag tonight, uh, which is one of the best parts about being a parent. Mm-hmm. Not only can you hang with the kids, I'll be, I'll have the uh, wagon out there today, rolling that through the neighborhood, mm. uh, grabbing a pop every now and again as we trick or treat. Uh, but I would say as we get to November, Patrick Kane watches on. Okay. Um, that's when he's really ramping up and going to be considering signing. I think there's been some conversations with teams already. And so that's certainly at the, uh, the forefront for me on, on the news side. Um, I think you're also looking at, uh, two teams left that are undefeated in regulation in Vegas and Boston, mm. uh, going to be keeping an eye on that. How bad, uh, the flip side of that, when will the sharks finally get their first win? Um, you could see that team challenge some NHL futility marks. Uh, they have one point through nine games and exactly nine goals. Oh. It's crazy to watch. Um, and I also think you got to keep an eye on some head coaches as we get to this point. I don't think there's very many that are on the hot seat, but I would say that DJ Smith with the Ottawa Senators, if they don't find a way to uh, continue to pile up some wins here, that he's that that temperature is going to ratchet up. Same thing for Craig Berube in St. Louis. I think there's a few guys that are starting to feel it a little bit. Uh, we're going to have Brett Hedekin on uh, from Sharks uh, uh, commentary and analyst uh, later in the show today. But yeah, I don't know what they're going to do to turn things around there. What happens in the so in the in the Philly neighborhood there uh, with Halloween? So you say you got this little wagon you run through the neighborhood. What's up with that? Yeah, so just like one of those old old school Red Rider uh, wagons. <laughs> Just, you know, throw some, yeah. uh, throw like a jacket in there, a cooler, a, a speaker perhaps. And as the kids are running from house to house, I sort of just walk in oh. the street and uh, pull that behind me with a couple of the other dads. And uh, like yeah, the, you're like the Pied a, Piper. Yeah, grab a beverage and just keep rolling. <laughs> so Make sure uh, nobody gets run over, nobody gets hurt. What what is so and then and then after all that's over you got to be you have to be the dad that inspects oh, yes, the candy to make yes. sure there's no bad yeah. stuff or there mm-hmm. and then you can you can have your first round pick of the candy what are what are the kids dressing up as uh so both of my kids have inflatable costumes this year uh, like my daughter is I don't know if you've seen those where they bounce around my daughter is a puppy and my son is a dinosaur wow so like one of those big giant are- things that battery powered things that are you, you get and you throw out immediately. Are you going to like dress up a little bit or what do you do? Oh yeah. I'm going as one of the Hanson brothers. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, which one? Old time hockey. Uh, Doesn't matter. I got a number 17 on my Jersey. So okay. if that means anything. Um, did you see the, uh, the picture that I posted that I dressed up as Gregor 20 years ago? No. Okay. Oh, have, I got to see. This is must-see material. It's out there somewhere. I put it on yesterday. It's 20 years ago. It was the biggest mistake of my life, Frank. Why? Because no one would talk to you? No one. <laughs> not not one person talked to me the rest of the night. We were in uh, obviously in the bar. No one talked to oh, me. Oh, look at this. I found it. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah. And uh, the Duke always laughs because that, like, I mean, this is 20 years ago. And the, that skull yeah, cap. Gregor was looking trim then. Gregor, yeah. Well, exactly. That skull cap that I had on just sort of went transparent because of the sweat and everything. Oh, yeah. that's gross. Yeah, I mean, it was awful. And, then, you know, I had the glasses. And, and, of course, Gregor would wear, you can't really see it, but back in the day he would wear these really tight 
shirts, you know, he was trying to show yep. his physique off. So I bought, I found a shirt at some value village, like it was for a grade eight kid. So, cause I had to just bust yeah, you, it you out. You wore uh, a boy's medium yeah. and that was exactly the size Gregor was wearing. <laughs> it was boy's husky is what it was. Yeah. So, uh, well, have a great Halloween, Frank. Uh, and, uh, we will talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for doing this. Sounds good. Take care, okay. Kevin. That's uh, Frank Saravalli from the daily face off and our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. I'm a little disappointed the fact there's only two NHL games tonight um, because that's like tonight's the night where you see all the costumes, right? And we saw them last night. There were a lot. I mean, the, here's the, the the funny thing about last night's NFL game is the Raider fans dress like that every game. You know, you can't tell. It's Halloween 17 times a year for the the Vegas Raiders. Um, so I think when they cut to the cameras angles tonight and you'll watch the two NHL games, that's the fun part. You see everyone dressed up and... Oh, you know. for oh, for sure. Yeah. And the creativity of people to be able to dress up in a way that still gets them allowed inside the building because I think at a certain point they'd say you there's no chance you're allowed to wear that in here, whether it do, be due to uh, paraphernalia that goes with the costume or just the vast size and like being able to fit in your seat and yeah. thing, things like that, right? So the creativity really comes out. And uh, this past weekend, I think we really saw the peak of uh, like team parties um, mm-hmm. and, and the costumes. And it's funny whether it be in uh, the NFL or the NHL, um, not as much the NBA because it's kind of still just getting the wheels turning, but I'm sure there were plenty of those around too, that like these grown men <laughs> and their significant others a lot of the time or maybe just like a group thing with their teammates, they have a ton of disposable income. And so they can, they really, work they can really dump money into whether mm-hmm. it be like getting makeup done and face paint and yeah. uh, custom-made clothes, whatever the case, right? So there are some really really impressive things you see uh, out across the interweb. Yeah, I think uh, even if you just look at the Oilers' pictures over the years, Mm -hmm. you see how much the spouses get into it, like between the wives and the girlfriends. And I think what happens is um, one player sees, uh, does something, and then everyone goes in the room goes, you know, I got to up my game. And then it just carries on from that. And then, you know, with the wives and the girlfriends or whatever get together and go, you know, you know, uh, my husband's doing this. He's going to dress up as this. And uh, I think what happens is you see the players take it to another level for sure. Uh, text coming into one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Cat Dad says, "Is there a way to make jerseys cut proof?" Again, these are these. This is a difficult question because the jerseys are made out of a different material than what you would have as an undergarment maybe there is i'm sure there probably is a way to do this uh jordan says flames fans always dressed for halloween uh fat efron says do you think the orders might wave connor brown in 10 games his bonus kicks in and we will get ding next year with a three and a quarter mil hit i think i don't know the exact number that's approximately what it is yes uh no i don't think uh uh, they will waive Connor Brown at all. I think it is a, a definite zero chance that that happens. So, um, hmm. uh, when we come back, 
we'll get to a few more of your texts. one 1440 At the top of the hour, Grant Fuhrer will join us uh, from Palm Desert as uh, Fuhrer's he made his way uh, up to our city for the Heritage Classic and some, well, not just one or two events. He was running around like the rest of the alumni nonstop for three, four days. Doug Hicks, a former teammate, will join us at 9.20. Looking forward in the 10 o'clock hour, uh, guesting with Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports. And then Brett Hedekin at uh, 10.40, San Jose Sharks color analyst. Uh, that's all coming up on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Um, Alan Jackson, hey Duke, have you ever seen this video? It's a great video. It's spooky. It's It's eerie. It's very spooky. I get where you're going with this. I mean, we had to get the monster mash in, and and now we've got uh, Midnight in Montgomery. Alan Jackson, uh, I wanted to clarify, uh, uh, Cat Dad sent uh, in a text and said, is there any way to make jerseys cut-proof? Uh, then we got a, a texter that said it's not cut proof; it's cut resistant. Big difference uh, for sure. Uh, this was actually from the pillman just now. Pillman texts in quite regularly. Uh, happy Halloween, gentlemen! I forgot to put my wedding ring on this morning, so I'm telling people I dressed as the scariest thing I could think of: a single middle-aged guy. Have a good one. Ooh, yeah, that is a scary proposition. Uh, the Duke's been texting with Original Six. Just uh, He's listening down in the States. And uh, we really appreciate uh, you tuning in down there. And, yeah, we're working out a few kinks to get things going down in, in the United States where you can listen to us. And Jordo uh, uh, goes, what a tune, Duke. I think we, we haven't heard uh, the uh, our quick little, what do you call it, the dropper? The uh, Look at the Duke. We haven't heard that for about a week. Is that, do you got that one in, right in the hopper? Uh, it's uh, it's down with for Halloween. It's man. within uh, folders of it's it's here. It's just it would take me a few seconds to pull it up because it's in a folder of a folder of a folder. Well, the, that, uh, that's like a, that's a fo- click of a click of a click. D- desktop fourteen forty the Kevin Carey show. Yes. Uh, loading, loading. This is the slowest yeah. computer. This ever is like how like the this Duke is, there. This is the Halloween. This is this could be you tonight. Me as the Duke. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I could dress up as a good golfer. <laughs> Tell you what, that's a good ball, though. Oh, oh look, look at, at Dookie, man. <laughs> look at Duke. Oh, go ahead, Duke. Go ahead, Duke. Look at this guy, man. Holy shit. Look at Duke go. Son of a gun. <laughs> Oh, that just it just puts a smile on my face uh, every time I hear it. Uh, text coming in. Uh, uh, Jordan says, "Boy, uh, based on traffic, I'm going uh, as late to work for Halloween." That, that is good. That's good wordmanship. Good penmanship. Uh, if you got a Halloween tale, send it our way. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Your best candy, maybe your best costume. Did you have a wardrobe malfunction? I, why is it that, that that the Duke just kills me? I don't know why, but I just love the guy's voice. It's yeah, it's it's the the inflection on the voice of just pure incredulation. Like because when you actually watch the original video, the guy's swing <laughs> is far from pretty. It's not exactly no. one you're going to see out on the pro tour. He's up high. And uh, 
but he yeah he like lays one right out to the green. It's a it's a gem off he's the got tee. A, and he's got a cigarette. He throws a yeah, cigarette he like out. just drops the cig down right beside his tee, and then he picks it back up again after uh, he just pipes one. So I think all those things rolled into it uh, combined with the uh, that's a that's a great follow on social media. Mm-hmm. If uh, if you're not Bob does sports, he's uh, they do the a lot that they do a lot of like humor-based golf videos, and they're actually pretty talented guys when it comes to swinging the sticks as well. So, And they got a Canadian in the mix there too, one of their guys. So it's uh, <laughs> very, uh, very worthwhile to follow on socials. Uh, Crotch sends in to one 1440 Can't wait to go to Dallas Aiken's house for my celery and carrots goodie bag. Uh, of course, Crotch is making light of what happened uh, when Dallas Aikens was hired here like 10 years ago. And came into the, well, he just basically came into the media availability right off the hop and had a look at most of the overweight, out of shape uh, media uh, people that were ready to interview him. And I think probably there was, you know, a couple boxes of donuts and pastries and things like that. And Dallas Akins jokingly said that, uh, hey, I think we might have to change things up here and have like maybe a fruit tray and some vegetables and dip and things like that. So... Um, things got off to a rousing start with Dallas Akins back in the day. Uh, he he was uh, he was a piece of work for sure. And then you know what he he actually probably learned so much from his time here. And I think he said that he learned so much from what happened in a tough year and a half or whatever it was to get to the stage where he ended up getting another shot in Anaheim. So he coached your Ducks, Duke. Did you like the job that he did there? Uh, no, not really. Okay. He Well, I mean, you can define good job, I guess. Uh, did they have success as a team? No, obviously not. They were one of the worst teams in the well, league under his entire tenure. They didn't have a lot tenure. of personnel. No, no, that's true. Um, and especially the last, they exercised the last year of his contract as an option, basically as a holdover, knowing full and well that he was not going to be brought back mm-hmm. after that. It was kind of just shepherd the team along for another year to accumulate another high draft pick, which <laughs> they did in Leo Carlson, who has uh, looked pretty good through mm-hmm. his uh, first every second game played of the NHL season, going the load management route the Ducks are. Um, but he, he, I think Dallas Akins is fitted to be a very good AHL coach okay. because he did that. More developing, tr- you think? He, yes, he, he's very good with the young players. He was he, like, that's how he got hired in Edmonton yeah. was his job Marley's. with the Marlies. And then he got a second shot with the San Diego Gulls in the American Hockey League. Did a great job. And the reason the Ducks promoted him was because a lot of those young players that he was coaching were now making the graduation to the pro le- or the uh, the big league level to the NHL. And it's just it just wasn't a fit. He he's does he has not yet had success as an NHL coach, but he has had a ton of success as an AHL coach. So whether maybe just be as an assistant in the uh, in the NHL or as a, a bench boss in the A. I, I think there's definitely a, still a future for him in hockey. He's a talented guy. And I will say the reception to him from media and fans from his time in Anaheim was uh, much more positive than his time in Edmonton, probably because of, like you said, he learned from that experience and uh, maybe not to push certain buttons with um, the people that are, in theory, keeping him in work, he, I he guess. Lear- he learned a lot here. There's no question about that. And he was, you know... 
Uh, Texter Jordan says, remember when Taylor Hall got water on him? Oh, man, that was something. Hall sort of just slammed that water bottle and it sprayed all over Aikens and he was, he kind of gave Hall the look and then he was going to say something, but he thought, I better not say anything. And then, man, oh, man, it just went, I don't know what would have happened behind the scenes. That would be a good story to get uh, from Taylor Hall 10 years later because I'm sure he would kind of laugh about it, joke about it. And uh, it was something that, you know, the camera just caught it. That's all it was. The camera caught it. That, that probably happens tons of times where there's some frustration being vented and, and something happens on the bench like that. But, man, there was the there was that death stare from, from Aikens to Hall. Uh, take a quick break here. Pump the brakes. Uh, when we come back, Grant Fuhrer will co-host with us from 9 to 11. Uh, long travel day for Fuersy, I would imagine, yesterday to get back. Uh, to Palm Desert, uh, and then Doug Hicks will join us, a former teammate of Grant's and longtime NHLer, and the former Flin Flon Bomber. That's where it all started for Doug Hicks. Uh, we'll check in with Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk and NBC Sports at 1020 plus. Brett Hedekin, San Jose Sharks, color analyst. Uh, that's coming up uh, in the 10 o'clock hour. Before we get to Furies, he's at 9 o'clock. Uh, time now for a Sports 1440 update. Here's the Duke.